Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today I'm going to be chatting with Justin from JH Diesel and 4x4, and I saw a video that he did recently on YouTube, and he was talking about a visit that he had from the EPA and a fine, and uh, what it's done to his business, the way that it's changed basically his whole plan for you know his, his shop, what he does, and his whole outlook on things. And there's a lot of positives that he's taken from it. And I wanted to have him on to to give the personal side of the story that I know a lot of shop owners and businesses out there are either in the middle of facing, half-faced, or they're gonna be facing in the future. And bringing awareness to this topic is incredibly important. And he's got a lot of great insights for us. So it's gonna be a great episode. Before we get to it though, I wanna give a shout out to a couple of our sponsors. First is Whirly Custom Fabrication and their products. I hear it from guests all the time. I see it on our Discord channel. People love the way their products fit and the different options that they have for colors. And just it's just such a seamless product that when you get it, you know it's going to fit. It's going to fit right. The install goes just as planned. If you're interested in their products for your Cummins Duramax or Power Stroke, make sure and go to WCFab.com. You can check out what they have. They've got a ton of different options. If you have questions, just reach out to them on their website. They'll be more than happy to chat with you. If you're a shop owner out there and somebody calls you and says, hey, I want some really custom fabrication parts, you need to go to Turn14.com. They, they stock a lot of their parts they can get you set up if you're not already and they make the process incredibly easy as far as ordering delivery invoicing everything so it's it's just such an easy process that uh, you don't have to worry about you know where's my tracking number when's it deliver all that stuff is automated for you and they're diesel guys so when you sign up with them you're going to get an account rep that specializes in diesel they know the brands they know what you're looking for and that makes it incredibly easy when you call also make sure and go to our discord there's going to be a link down below to join we've got almost 200 people on there now it's it's a great place to be able to connect with us be able to chat with other podcast fans you guys are keeping me on my toes asking about episodes that uh, we released um, some of them two or three or four years ago and 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 seeing if there's any follow-ups or you guys had a question about it so it's a great place to connect with us and be able to share your truck, ask questions about your build, also get exclusive content. There's episodes we're doing that aren't releasing on YouTube or podcast apps. And if you want access to those, there's a link down below and also on our Discord for our Patreon. And there's things that you get, like you can be entered to have your truck, the cover of our podcast cover. You can be listed as a producer. Um, I could say, you know, your name on air is a thank you. Um, you get episodes first, so you're going to see them before anyone else does. It's a great way to be able to get more of the content that you enjoy. All right, let's get to the podcast with Justin and learning more about this EPA visit and the hefty fine that ensued after that. Welcome to the Diesel Podcast, Justin. I'm excited to chat with you today, learn more about your business, and then uh, chat with you about uh, a video that I saw that you did on on YouTube really caught my attention and and kind of you know I think it speaks to the larger thing that's going on in diesel. But it's it's always fun chatting with shop owners out there and about trucks and, and the things you guys are going through. So welcome to the podcast. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. 
Yeah, I wanted to, to start with having you tell us a bit about your business, where you guys are located, and uh, and what you guys are working on. You know, with customers, what uh, what kind of upgrades that, that they're doing, and just what the what the bulk of your business is. Um, we are located in Bradenton, Florida, on the west coast of Florida, about middle of the state, just south of Tampa. We do everything from lift kits, wheels, tires. Uh, you know, we used to do performance a lot. Now we've kind of gotten out of that a lot. So, um, but mainly, you know, we've always done general repair from your rear end, transmission, ball joints, engine, whatever, pretty much everything mechanical outside the truck we, we specialize in, um, whether it's, like I said, wheels, tires, the whole night. So, um, see, it seems yeah. like the market's definitely changed a lot. I'm sure you see it, you know, every day being a shop owner from maybe where it was five or 10 years ago to now it's a lot of, um, it's just different what, what we're doing with our trucks, especially the last year with a lot of maintenance um, and upgrades of people holding onto their trucks versus Absolutely. before. Yeah. Absolutely. The trucks now, you know, with the prices of the newer trucks, I have a lot of customers that are like, you know, I can't see spending, you know, you go buy a F450 limited, you're a hundred grand, you know, and they're yeah. like, I just can't see spending 80 to a hundred thousand dollars. I'd rather keep this truck that, you know, put five or 10 into that one. 15 or even for an engine, you know, 15 grand, you know, get an engine put in whatever and keep that one on the road and save money in the long run. So they definitely see in a big, a big jump rather than we are still doing the new truck stuff like lift kits, wheels and tires. A lot of guys yeah. buy a new truck and make it their own, but we are doing a lot more where people are hanging on to trucks and not just buying something new. Yeah. I think the price and especially now with the supply can also yeah. be tough to find some of these newer trucks in the wait times and it just makes a lot of uh, it makes a lot of sense and and uh yeah it's it's been a common theme on on these podcasts i've heard from a lot of shop owners or even even you know just truck owners and fans we have they're like hey i got this lb7 or this six liter ford or s59 common rail and and i'm just holding on to it what, what should i do to make it reliable and 100 uh, and, and and i mean we do we actually do lift kits for our local dealerships and he, the general manager is like, I have no trucks to bring you. He's like, I'm sorry. Like I ordered a few kits for him and they're like, we don't have them. Like they're not here. I don't know what to tell you. And I'm just like, Hey, it is what it is. Like I understand we'll get rid yeah. of them. So we dealt with that too. So kind of all the way around. I think that that part kind of getting back to normal will be really nice. I, I was really shocked. Somebody had told me not long ago, they said, man, I, I went to a GM dealership and they didn't have any new trucks out there. And I said, oh, come on. I mean, I've <laughs> I've been around for a little bit. I've never seen a dealership with no new trucks. And I drove by and yeah, sure thing. There was just, there were some fleet trucks, you know, there was yep. some, some, uh, you know, nothing like I'm, I'm used to seeing with, with, uh, you know, all different colors and all different options. So definitely yep. makes sense. And you know, it was recently, I don't remember, I, I got in one of those YouTube loops and I'm looking at truck stuff and builds and everything like that. <laughs> and you had done a video and it popped up and I clicked on it. And I wanted to ask you about your story specific to that. And, and, and just kind of, you know, I wanted to turn our platform over to you because I think it's a powerful message. And I want to, I want to have the human side part of the podcast and, and just have you start, you know, kind of from the beginning and what you guys are going through. Yeah. So that's a big, uh, it's a big story, long story, actually. Um, we actually quit doing anything emission, non-emission compliant a few years ago. Like we stopped, we're not doing it. Everything was kind of getting really bad in the world industry. We've seen dealers getting cracked down on suppliers that we buy from. We're getting cracked down on stuff. So like, all right, you know what? We're just going to, you know, kind of eliminate that area. And that's kind of what we did, but um, we still got a 
RFI from the EPA. Um, they uh, sent it over through email. Uh, this was basically right when just, I want to say COVID wasn't quite here yet, but it's beginning of last year. Let's just say that. So it's been close to a year and a half since we got our RFI and we were done doing that stuff. We weren't doing it anymore, but they, regardless, they said, Hey, we need a few months of information paperwork on vehicles that you had done. Cause from what I'm understanding is they gathered the information from the suppliers, I'm sorry, from the manufacturers, got their dealer lists, went down to the wholesalers, got their dealer list. And that's how they got us from what I'm you know, understanding. Um, I didn't really have a YouTube presence at the time or anything. I was still before my YouTube channel and stuff. Um, but uh, we got the information to them. Uh, I obviously being a shop owner, I've never done anything with law or, you know, dealt with anything like that. So me, I'm just like, you know, you're kind of scared, like your heart drops, yeah. like, you know, your stomach, you know, whatever, you know, you're, you go from just operating a day-to-day -day business, you pay your taxes, you do all this stuff. And uh, next thing you know, you get a letter from the EPA talking about prison time and criminal and all this stuff. So um, we got that and uh, they asked for information. We submitted our information um, with stuff that we had done in the months they asked. And uh, there was a few on there, not very many. We weren't, you know, like I said, this was kind of when we were at that point, we'd already tapered off, but this was back when we were still tapering off of it. And um, gave me the information and uh, it's been, they gave us what they call, it's kind of just been contact back and forth. I hired an attorney. Uh, he's been dealing with a lot of it for me because like I said, I don't want to incriminate myself. I don't know what, I don't want to say anything wrong or do anything wrong because for something that for them to use against me. Um, and how we got to the point we're at now, they asked for information a few times went back and forth and they sent me what they call an expedited settlement. And according to my attorney, um, the expedited settlement is uh, the best worst case scenario. Um, obviously it's not a good, good case to be in this at all. Um, and uh, so for him to, you know, say, Hey, this is like the second lowest one I've ever seen. I think you should definitely do it. And um, you know, it'll get you out of this mess. You're not, you know, you're not, doing emissions removals or anything like that anymore. You're done with that stuff. So move on from that. And um, that's kind of where we're at at this point. I have not paid them yet. Um, I've got about another, I think, uh, 20 days and uh, haven't paid them, haven't signed any of the paperwork I plan to because I really don't have any other option. Um, but then we're going to come back on the back end of this and we've gotten together with a good group of people and we're going to see what we can do for the industry. I think the, the part that stands out to me the most that I've heard from a lot of different shop owners are just, maybe I'm not talking to them directly, but just reading their experiences, you know, you're, you're geared up for business. There's, there's a lot that's on your plate. You know, it's not just the customers walking in, it's the parts, you know, how, how you're getting parts in there, how you're firing technicians, which is, you know, hard to find good ones and, and retain them. And then you're thinking about marketing and there's all these things going on. Then all of a sudden this, letter shows up either, you know, via mail or email. And it's just out of left field. It's like, God, this wasn't in the handbook when I signed up. Yeah. Like, how do I deal with this? And, and you know, that's the thing, you know, like, look, I, I can say I'm honestly a little bit fortunate enough where I know some shops where they showed up with like a team of agents and they yeah. had guns strapped to them. They shut their shop down for the day, take their computers. One guy I know, he had his computer taken for like two weeks. They didn't give him his scanners and stuff back. And I mean, like, you know, your scanners, you're not using those to do this kind of stuff. It's a scan tool. And they like took them for like two weeks. And another guy I know, they sat there all day at their shop, took like nine hours. They took all their computers 
and downloaded everything off their computers. No warning. Just this is what we're doing. And there was agents with guns and everything. And he was like, you know, you feel almost like a, you feel like a drug dealer almost, you know, not to say that, but like, I mean, that's, they're like treating it like you are just like a criminal. You're, you're guilty. Um, you're not innocent, you know, like this is what you did and we're going to come into your shop and you, you know, they don't even warn you. I mean, they, they didn't even warn a lot of people. Yeah. Luckily I was fortunate enough because of COVID. I is what I was told. They, um, they sent me a letter rather than came to my shop. So um, that's been a really hard thing to convey to, uh, some of the truck owners out there that over the years have contacted us and, and, you know, some of them really pay attention to this and they're very, they're very informed and they know what's going on. And then other ones, they just, they don't think it's serious or haven't taken it serious. And I've seen, you know, some of those things you mentioned where sometimes it's not just a letter, it's a whole team of people that show up and, you know, it, it would just be what? shocking to have that happen when you're, you know, starting your day and there's 10 or 15, you know, federal agents that are there. It's going to be <laughs> shocking. And, and I think it helps the truck owners understand out there. Hey, why, why aren't some of these products on the market anymore? Or why aren't companies offering this? Or, you know, um, how come these shops, you know, this, this isn't something that, uh, that is out there anymore and not getting into the political side of it, but just that's, that's a main reason why is there, there's a lot of, you know, hefty penalties and fines and, and different things that, that are out there. And it's, it's scary. You know, your, your business is your livelihood and, and you've invested so much into it that you have to take this seriously. Absolutely. That's like I say, you know, when I started tapering off and doing it, I mean, you can't, it's hard to quit just cold Turkey. You know, I mean, back in the day, it's, it, it's like when we started, we started our shop back in 2010 or I started my shop in 2010 and now I've got a team, I've got mechanics, I've got a service rider, you know, we're doing, uh, it's, it's obviously forming into something good. And, um, you know, back in, you know, 2010, 2011, 12, it was like, you're pulling the, you know, an exhaust off a six, four, you're gaining four or six miles, four to six miles per gallon out of this thing. And it's running so much better. Um, and I really think a big issue obviously is the guys out there at the black smoke and blowing it on cars, stuff like that, that, that did hurt us. But this isn't just diesels. That's what a lot of people got to understand too. This is the whole automotive industry. I mean, I never thought I would be this involved in anything like this. I'm just, I'm just pretty much a mechanic. So being involved in this and being this deep into this now doing a lot of the research I've done, talking to people that have reached out to me, um, you know, this is the whole automotive industry, any vehicle that's ever had a VIN number, um, that's ever been on the street, that's ever been registered, this all meets the requirements of what they want to get rid of the EPA. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's scary to know, like, you know, like you said, I, I try my best not to get too much into politics, got my beliefs. I know what I know. I know what I believe in and what I want. And, uh, that's kind of, I try to push any kind of politics on anybody, you know, but, um, from what I'm told, you know, the automotive industry just, we don't have the lobbyists. We don't have enough money compared to these other big industries like oil industry, transportation industry, where they've got the people fighting for them. Because when you think about it, the amount of pollution that comes off of diesel trucks, if you watch a few of the videos, I put some numbers out there that I researched and, uh, and it's just like a fraction, even diesel trucks is like less than probably a percent of the pollution in the world, you know, of, of, compared to shipping containers and these bigger things, but 
They've got more money. They've got lobbyists. They've got people pulling for them. They're making deals with the government. The automotive industry is a huge industry, especially the performance industry. I mean, it's obviously a multi-billion dollar industry when you look at it, but we're talking multi-billion to hundreds of billions of dollars that they're at, and we're still on a small scale. And I believe that's why they're going after us and trying to eliminate that. But there's just so much, I believe, that they're skipping before they get to us. I mean, they want to push electric on everything by 2035 or 2040. We don't even have enough chargers to charge every car in the world right now. You know, like it's not even there. They're still running power off coal and, and you know, fossil fuels and stuff like that. It's like, I feel like there's so much bigger fish to, fi- fish to fry, but we are the little guy that they can pick on and do what they need to do as far as collecting money from us, really. And, um, you know, so. That's, that's a really good point. Because when I think of other other industries or maybe other interests that I have, and I think of, you know, when something, some sort of restriction or change is coming along, I see it all over social media. I see these groups, these huge lobbying groups that they're firing up the base and they're getting the information out there and they're doing these things. And when I think about automotive or specifically diesel, I don't really see that. It, it tends to be more generated, um, yeah. you know, by the people themselves, whether it's on YouTube or, or social media or things like that. And it's also a really good point that you made that it's it's not just diesel. I've been seeing that a lot with uh, you know, posts and other stories and YouTube videos of people in the on the gas side that are going through mm-hmm. the same thing. So I think sometimes we can think, oh well, they're just picking on diesel. It's just us, and 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 I know yeah. it's you know we're a small percentage of it, but it, it's a much bigger thing that's going on out there. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's you know same, and and I think you know part of it is. Most of the guys that are in these this sport, you know, I mean, motorsports, it's a sport. Most of the guys get in this are your blue collar, hardworking guys, people that are have their day to day jobs. They've got their families. They go home every night and they live, eat and breathe to go with their mess with their race cars or they want to make their truck bigger, faster, whatever. And so we're not the guys sitting there. We're not the guys that can, you know, take off work for a week and go march down the street and do this and that. We're we're working. We're keeping the country going. And um Unfortunately, they're coming after us for that. And, uh, uh, you know, I do look at it too, like, you know, the diesel industry is, in my opinion, yes, diesels have been around for a long time. Um, but let's say it really started to blow up, what, 2005, maybe, when yeah. diesels, they realized, okay, we can take a Duramax, you know, you got the power stroke, you got the, uh, the Cummins coming out, and now we're plug a programmer in, you get 100 horsepower out of them just like that. And uh, guys started really blowing up and building. And unfortunately at first it was dump a lot of fuel to it, put bigger injectors in it, bigger turbo, whatever. And nothing was really refined. Um, and, and that's, it's kind of, was the start of something new. I'm not saying there wasn't people doing it before then. I'm saying that's kind of, in my opinion, for what I saw was where it really got popular. And, um, you look now from a tune from 2005 and a tune in 2020, the difference in the cleanliness of black smoke. I mean, guys were doing smoke tunes back in the day and this Mm -hmm. and that, and it was like, never been a fan. It's like, you know, a lot of the trucks that have higher horsepower, yeah, they're going to blow a lot of black smoke, but if they're for competition use, you know, and we're not driving down the street, doing anything like that. I, I, I don't really see an issue with that personally, but obviously the government does, but, um, but you look at how a tuner does their stuff now, um, you know, I've got a, my LML, I've got a 15 LML. It's been fully tuned, deleted. You mat, you mat it, you floor it. 
it barely even hazes. I mean, it's like, it's not dumping a cloud. It's not low boost fueled. I mean, it's, it runs really well. And, um, and uh, you're not dumping that big cloud of black smoke. And a lot of the tuners were finally getting to the point where they're like, Hey, we're burning cleaner. We're doing better. We're trying not to make big plums of black smoke come out. And then they start getting shut down. EPA comes in. And uh, unfortunately with the law that they've interpreted now, it's even if going by their law, even if you do something that makes the vehicle more efficient and burns cleaner, even if you're doing something to make it burn cleaner and more efficient, that's still illegal to them. They don't care if it's not carbio certified, they don't care. They has to be done by carb. If not, you know, if it's better for it or better for the environment, that's not what they don't even care. That's not what they're about. So. That's a, that's, a, that's a really good point. I recently did an episode with SEMA and we were talking about testing, testing parts and things that they do to help companies be able to go through that process and why it's so important. And I think, you know, when, when I started to get into diesel trucks it was probably about two, that time frame about 2005, six, seven. Yeah. And what appealed to me was, I can get this truck and they weren't nearly as expensive as they are now. And I get this tuner that adds 150 to 200 horsepower versus the gas truck, you know, that I had, I was like 30 and yeah. <laughs> you know, it made more power. It, it was, it was uh, a lot more fun and just how, how much more refined that, that it's gotten to the point now, um, you know, that I mean, it's my, there. My brother had an 05 Duramax, brand new, bought off the showroom. Within the first year, he put a Bank 6 gun on it. And Banks is known for doing a lot of clean stuff. That back then, that thing would dump a cloud. And I mean, it held it the whole time. And obviously, he's cleaned up as the years went by. And, um, you know, just seeing that back then, the difference between like that plug-in programmer to what the tuners are doing now, the technology and the knowledge they have now to make it cleaner, better, and the truck's running more efficient. It's just, it's night and day, the difference from back then to now. And uh, unfortunately, like I said, it's disappointing that when they're really starting to get to the point where they're making it better, now they're getting shut down for it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely changed a lot what's out there. And, and I, I definitely know what you're saying with the point that, the point that the performance side was getting was extremely refined with how clean the trucks would run, the kind of power that was being made, the other, you know, everything from the transmission to the engine building and turbos and everything like that was just coming together in this way that was, as an enthusiast, was like, wow, this is really exciting. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what's being done with them versus old YouTube videos from 2008 and you see the trucks go down the track and you can't even see the time at the yeah. end because yeah. it's all blacked out. It's totally I remember different. guys that were like stacking bully dogs on top of PPEs and this and that. <laughs> we're going to stack all these programs. I'm like, what? Like how many did you stack? Oh yeah. Three programmers stacked. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> and it's like, but then the truck would go out and rip like a freaking 12 something. And it's like, are you kidding me? What did I just see there? What did I witness? You know? And it was, it was awesome. People were experimenting with stuff, doing stuff and stacking stuff. I mean, it really was, you know, you know, that was kind of when I was actually first really started driving, you know, I got my driver's license in like 2006. So um, 2005, 2006. So right about when it happened, like I was kind of coming up and my brother had the diesel truck, my older brother. So going up in that point, it was, it was pretty cool to see it all. And it was crazy back then. Stuff was, stuff was pretty wild. What was going on? <laughs> now, when you think, um, you know, say as a, as a shop owner, you know, where things are now and you're looking forward. So, um, 
you know, as you put this, this chapter behind you and, you know, you look towards what you can offer customers in the future, are you seeing that there's more parts and there's more demand from truck owners to say, you know, that say they got a 2020 or 2019 where you can show them, Hey, we can get this, this carb approved or EPA tested, you know, turbo kit or this fuel system or these injectors is I think for the longest time, there wasn't any of that out there. It was, mm-hmm. you know, these systems, I know that the big three had to meet in emission standards and it almost feels, you know, like at that time it was rushed. It wasn't perfected. There were tons of issues with O2 sensors and DPFs clogging and EGR things, but it seems like they've gotten more refined now of just stock where yep. they're not as troublesome as they used to be, but we still want that performance as, as a truck enthusiast. I still want to be able to, you know, make a bit more power, more torque. So do you feel like you have support from the aftermarket companies to say, here's some products we can add to your truck if you want a little bit more for, you know, towing or to have a little bit of fun, you know, with the track or something like that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For sure. There's definitely a lot more stuff out there that they've come out with and um, that is, you know, certified and that we can use. The issue that we run into is, is um, you're limited on the tuning. You know, not every tuner is car BO, you know, they, they can't certify all that stuff, the tuning that they do, whether or not if it's good or not for the truck. And um, that's where we run into a lot of problems with the performance stuff. And my shop is, Pretty much kind of like unless it's a 7.3 or, you know, a 5.9, you know, Cummins, whatever, something pre-emissions, uh, LB7s. But, some you know, we're still you can't buy an exhaust kit anymore without leaving a catalytic converter on the truck. You know, they literally it's hard to even get an exhaust where they don't have that cut out and um, which, you know, we're, we're still doing it. You know, we're, we're putting that stuff on to keep it in compliance so we don't get in trouble, obviously, and we don't want the customer getting in trouble. Um, but it, it definitely, there's a lot more products out there now, um, which I'm not against. I'm all for it. I'm not saying that I want everything to be just running out there dirty. That's not what we want. Um, but there definitely is, you know, a lot more products, a lot more parts that are certified that we can install on the trucks, the newer trucks. Um, it's just, it's very tough because you have to be careful. Something may look like it's compliant and then you look at it and it's like, okay, it's not compliant. Is that illegal to put on the vehicle? Can I sell that? No, I don't know. It's they've left the the act or the law, you know, in the Clean Air Act so vague that it's what you know, technically according to them, they don't want you to do anything. So there are a good selection of products, but it's still very difficult to pick what to put on, how it's gonna run. And then as far as the tuning aspect, you can't just bolt a turbo on a truck and then think it's gonna run great with a DPF because you need to tune it properly to have it done right. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the next things coming up that, that's really important is, is you know, we see these turbo kits or even injectors that have, you know, carb testing and EPA testing. And now it's almost the tuning side of it. And, and I always see that whenever I see something out there about, you know, tuning this truck or that truck. The first thought I have in my head is, has it been tested to a level that a shop owner or a customer 
you know, if I did live in California or I lived in a state that followed CARB rules or there's their guidance, could I have confidence to know if I buy this, I'm not going to have any issues when I, you know, go get an emissions test or something like that. And that's what I'm really looking forward to see is how, how the tuning is brought together with the hard parts so that, like you said, somebody comes in with an LML or L5P and they say, Hey, Justin, I'd like to do this. You can confidently point to 10 different products and say, we can do this. And here's all the EO numbers or here's the testing data. If you need it, if you you live in another state. And we're even, you know, Florida is very, um, we don't have any state emissions laws. It's pretty much, we run by the federal law, which, you know, we don't have, I shouldn't say we shouldn't, we don't have laws, but we run by the federal mandate or the clean air act, stuff like that. We don't have to worry about state inspections and getting a sticker and stuff like that. We don't have any of that stuff. So a lot of guys in Florida where we're at, I mean, you could, you would be so, I don't know if you'd be shocked or not, but we get anywhere from probably 10 to 15 calls a week. Hey, can you, can you delete my truck? And we're like, can't do it. You know, can you direct me? You can, can't do it anymore. You know, that's what we have to tell people and which, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we're going to try to push for cleaner stuff and, you know, that's our goal is to hopefully conform to that and make people happy with doing that. And I get it. A lot of people don't like running exhaust fluid. A lot of people don't like the these particular filters with the failures, but we've come to the point now where we have no choice. It is what it is. Um, people that are still doing it, you're going to, you, at some point you're going to have to learn to stop because you're going to end up the same position I'm in, you know, like you don't want to be in this trust me. It's not yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I also think if I get on my soapbox for a second is, you know, I know, as as an enthusiast and and just the the beliefs that I have, my first thought is, you know, in the grand scheme of things, is this 2010 truck or 2013, you know, really, it, how big of a part is it playing in this, you know, in 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 global emissions? Yeah, that's my first thought. But I think for the longest time, that was almost the argument that diesel enthusiasts would have is to say, well, we're such a small part of it. Why is it a big deal? But now or recently, there's this huge push, and you'd kind of mentioned it a little bit with electric. And my first thought is always, okay, this is great, but where's the infrastructure to support it? How are we going to get there in 10 or 15 years? Can we plug in 350 million vehicles? And so it's not so much anymore of just, well, I'm going to do what I want. It's my truck. It's how there's something bigger that's looming, and that's this push towards this whole other form of transportation. And So we kind of have to figure it out really quick. <laughs> I mean, when I, that's, that's it. I mean, when I go, I mean, just for instance, you know, how many pickup trucks do we have out there that are electric that can hook to a 40 foot gooseneck and tow another truck down the road? Yeah. I mean, we have our big mud trucks, off-road trucks. We use a 40 foot gooseneck. I hook to my dually. We go down the road. And if I want to go from here to Texas, it's a thousand miles and go to an event out there. I can hook to my truck and go and get fuel along the way. I mean, they can't even get a car to go more than, I think, don't hold me to this from what I'm reading and seeing 350 miles, 400 miles on a charge, I think is, is what they're getting. And, and like I said, they, I, my numbers could be low. I'm just going by what people have said about Tesla's and whatnot, 300, 350 miles about what they're getting out of a full charge. And that's just a small car. How are they going to make a big truck that's towing a trailer and stuff like that? we're nowhere near ready and we're nowhere near there. I mean, I don't want to stop every 300 miles and charge my truck. 
Yeah. If I want to go somewhere, I want to get in my truck and go. <laughs> I'm not, I'll drive for 12 hours, 20 hours, whatever, as a lot of racers do. We all do. And if we got to get to an event, we have to get to somewhere we want to be. I mean, we don't have to stop every four or five hours and, oh, time to charge. And then you're there for, I don't know how many hours it takes to charge them because I don't have an electric vehicle and don't plan to have one for a long time. <laughs> and hopefully never. But, um, well, if you can even find a charging station, that's the other part is I don't see that many. Yep. So, I, I don't, you know, we have some in our, you know, local malls and stuff, but they're not everywhere. I mean, they're really not. Um, it's difficult to find, you know, for, for me, I mean, I've never actually looked for them. So, but I guess, you know, maybe if you're in that industry or you, you know where to get them, but I still don't think there's enough to conform to all the cars on the road by any means, even half the cars on the road. Um, you know, like you said, 350 million vehicles, give or take registered in the United States where, you know, there's no way. <laughs> well, yeah. It's so, like, well, if we all plug them in at the same time and it's yeah. winter or it's summer, well, we run our AC or our heat or, you know, let's... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, we're not there, you know, and it's, it's just, uh, I'm hoping it, I'm really hoping, you know, I have met with a lot of good guys and, you know, unfortunately things that are going to be on the road, it's going to be difficult to, um, come back from that. I do plan. I'm trying to find a good, um, five gas analyzer right now to actually, I want to do true testing on vehicles, you know, put vehicles on a dyno during regen away from regen on the emissions and test these things and see how much of a difference is actually making. Like, what are we making? How big is the carbon footprint of, I mean, in my belief, I do think that the carbon footprint to make all of this stuff and to put it on the vehicle, to make it work, to ship it, to transport it, to, you know, from mining it, as I explained in my video on there, um, I, I do think the carbon footprint from that is worse than just letting the trucks run, letting the cars run. Like, that's my belief on it. Now, we're also conforming to EPA, you know, who, who makes the emissions laws? EPA does. Who pays the people to test these things to say, this is too much and this is too little. Um, this is where we need to be. The EPA does. It's all controlled by that one, that one agency. Um, and you know, the auto manufacturers, they conform to them too. They have to, they make it a law for them to conform to them. And the EPA has been proved wrong before. And who's to say it won't happen again. Yeah. It's something that, uh, you know, it's, it's a topic that really, it interests me because, well, one, I'm an enthusiast and I've been one for a really long time. And then second, what I do every day is talking with enthusiasts and shop owners and manufacturers about something I love, which is, is diesel. Yeah. And there's, there's definitely a human side to this and, and it's, it's a story. I don't read a lot. I don't see it a lot, but just what you were describing in your video or what you've talked with us about today is, you know, I can almost put myself in that position for a second and think, you know, I go in on a Monday, I'm getting ready to, you know, get some trucks out, calling some people back. And then here's this whole thing that's just thrown on my plate that I don't necessarily know how to deal with. And there it's happening probably hundreds of times or maybe yeah. even more. I'm not sure. But I know it's a lot. It's and, a lot. And, and, you know, I think, well, what about five or 10 years from now? What are we talking about? You know, are we talking about, um, you know, electric vehicles or are we talking about, um, remember the good old days of you could go buy a diesel pickup truck? And, <laughs> and so I think that yeah. I think the gas pumps and put charging stations there. I don't yeah. know. You know, what are they <laughs> capable of doing? Like, and even, you know, in the, in getting into things that I'm not even involved in, like the trucking industry we're not there. Like, you know, you're going to tell me we're going to come out with electric semis in the next five years. They're out there. They're testing them, whatever. I get it. But 
the ones that, you know, can this, I think, uh, where they do 10, 12 hours a day, they're allowed to do, I think there's eight hours a day, a driver's allowed to drive. Do we have a truck that's going to go eight hours towing a heavy load like that? We don't have it yet. It's yeah. not there. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess only the future will tell, you know, that's, that's, you know, I'm not for it. I could tell you that. I mean, you know, I like to hear an engine. I've grown up around this stuff all the way from the time I was, you know, two, three years old, grew up, you know, at a motocross track and basically went from there and it was motorsports my whole life. So, um, I did it. I heard a Tesla do a burnout the other day and it wasn't very impressive. I was like, <laughs> you just heard tires screech. And I was like, all right, that's cool. All right. Well, it's just not exciting, you know, and, uh, I hope it doesn't come to that, but it's not up to me. So hopefully we can do something. I think it's definitely a fight, uh, you know, that needs to happen in, in, in the right way with, uh, with testing, like you mentioned. And, and, uh, there's a lot of great minds in diesel. There's a lot of people mm -hmm. that are passionate about it and how are they able to deliver some of the performance that the people want with the reliability and the testing to back it up, to be able to say, Hey, this is viable. It's done within the framework that, you know, is set out there. Um, and uh, you know, the hardest part for me, the part I can't reconcile in my mind is the sound. And I know a lot of enthusiasts <laughs> want the sound and it's like, you know, you could deliver a 650 horsepower, brand new truck that is just seamless, has all the technological advancements that the, you know, are in the trucks now. It just, there's something different about you know, that 98 12 valve or, you know, <laughs> that old 73 yep. that you yep. just can't replicate. <laughs> nope. You got to hear it, man. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I, yeah, I want to hear it. I want to hear my engine. I want to hear it driving down the road. Like, you know, you take a video of something that's electric and it zooms by and it's like, well, that was pretty quick, but uh, it just, all right. I didn't hear much, but wind, you know, like, so when you hear like electric motors winding up, but um, you know, it, it's unfortunately, like I say, you know, it's, we're going that way. I, I don't know where the turning point's going to be um, uh, where the, you know, where the stopping point's going to be of, or the turning point of when internal combustion engines are going to try to eliminate them because it, it, it is trying, they are trying to do that, you know, and, and I have a quote from the EPA and, and, According to the EPA, they don't want race cars. They say they don't care. They say we don't mind, whatever. But there's literally a quote from an EPA uh, person that said, you know, a vehicle's design, uh, vehicle's uses is going off of its vehicle's design to be used for its function, not for what you want to use it for, something along those lines. And they're saying, you know, we designed a vehicle to be used for this function, go point A to point B. Just because you want to make it a race car, you don't have that right to do that. And that's where they've come back with the, you know, if it's ever had a VIN number, it's their jurisdiction to say, yeah, you can go race it or no, you cannot race it. It's had a VIN number. It's, you know, it's, it's basically up to us to tell you yes or no. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of gray there, you know, with it. they left a lot of gray area. And, and I do think they did that for a reason, you know, um, so they could go back and reinterpret this law later on because they know technology is going to come out. They know technology is going to make things further advanced. And I do think that we have the technology nowadays to make things, you know, help things run cleaner and more reliably without having to add all this crap to the vehicles. Uh, I think there's definitely ways to do it, but they would rather put the funding towards all of that. And let's make you add all this stuff to the vehicles and actually seeing how you can make an internal combustion engine run cleaner, better, um, you know, I mean, one thing, ethanol, 
gas cars run off ethanol. A lot of race cars are there. You go to the fuel pump, you see 10% ethanol in your fuel. The EPA was the ones that pushed ethanol. And the vehicles get a little bit less economy, but the emissions is a lot cleaner that comes out of the exhaust. Now EPA is going back. We don't want ethanol because of how it's made. And so they've literally pushed one thing. Now they're going back on it. And they're trying to get rid of it again. And it's like, make, you know, make up your mind. Like, what are you guys going to do here? Like, you know, it's just, they, they really just don't know what they want to do. And then all I know that they want to do is, is eventually they want to go all electric and, you know, just when is it going to happen? I don't know. Well, I, uh, I definitely appreciate you, your willingness to, to speak about this. And, and again, back to your YouTube video that you did. And then our chat today is it's this topic. It's something it's hard for us to do episodes on these because a lot of times I think, um, you know, people may not want to talk about it, but it's, it's so crucial to everything. It's, I, I, I see it all the time with, with companies, with shop owners, um, sometimes with truck owners, depending where they're at and what is done to their truck and yeah. what state that they're in. And, uh, it's just, it, it, if we don't talk about it, if we don't acknowledge what's going on, if we don't have a plan with it, then we're going to wake up and, and right. this is going to be there. From since all this has been around and since it hit me personally and the biggest thing that I regret doing was not bringing it up earlier. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure that everybody that's still out there doing stuff or everybody that's out there that hasn't been hit yet or hasn't been, um, you know, talked to yet or anything, um, you, it's going to happen. Like, it's like, they're, you know, you're not, you're, excuse me, you're on the radar. It's just a matter of when they know so much more than what you can imagine that they know. And, um, awareness is huge and support is huge. That's what I'm finding out. You know, there's some people that have no idea. I mean, how many times have you turned the news on and saw anything about the RPM act or you saw, um, you know, uh, the EPA find this shop this much money for doing this. I think the diesel brothers, they had made some national news for a little bit with their fine because it's so massive, which there's been a lot more people that have been hurt worse than them, you know, but, um, but because of their, uh, celebrity status you know they got put on the news and stuff about it um but there's not enough awareness like we have to get this to washington so people know what's going on this has to be national news somehow and we haven't figured out how to do that yet um we're working on it but it's difficult because you don't want to push the wrong button you don't want to you know hurt yourself more than help yourself um this is something that needs to be heard and awareness is huge talk about it share things about it on facebook I try to like, you know, if I'm going to share something, I'm going to try to fact check it. Um, but Facebook, Instagram, all the social media outlets, um, share what you, what they'll let you share. I guess you could say that. Um, but, um, put it out there, you know, make awareness on this. That's the most important thing. Let them know that we don't want this to go away. We want it to stay here. And even if, you know, like I said, the on street stuff, can't really speak much for that, but at least let's save our competition vehicles and our race cars and our ability to take a car that you bought with your money and you paid your taxes on it and you want to make that a race car, at least try to keep that point going at this point and, or at least try to keep that going and um, for the future because, and that's going to bring awareness. You got to keep the awareness going because otherwise you're going to, like you said, you're going to wake up one day and it's going to be gone before you know it. And we don't want that at all. No, because once it's gone, you don't get it back. 
That's it. Once they take it, you're not going back home. <laughs> now, if if uh, anyone's you know listening, they got a truck and and uh, you know they're they're near you, they're passing through, or maybe they want to chat with you about this. What's a great way for people to get in contact with you, either to call or email, or what's a you know just the best way to reach out to you and your business and and be able to chat with you? Uh, best way to get it to us will be you know we have a website uh, jhdiesel4x4.com. Um, you can get our contact information on there. You can email us from the website. Uh, our phone number's on there, whatever. It's all goes to the shop. You're going to talk to the service writer at that point if you want work done or anything like that. If you want to contact me directly about anything about what we talked about today or anything like that, the best is to do the contact email through the website, and I will reach back as best as I can. Um, you go on our YouTube, comment on videos, stuff like that. I try to read everybody's comments and write back what I can and you know, just be interactive with it. And um, that's probably the best way if you want to get a hold of us is either call the shop to schedule or if you want to contact me personally. Um, I'm not going to fix your truck over the internet or the phone. That's not really, it's hard to do that stuff. So understand that you call, you call the shop to get it into the schedule, but otherwise email, things like that, you know, you can get a hold of us, Instagram, Facebook. Well, yeah, Facebook stuff eh, kind of, but Instagram, we check our messenger quite a bit on there. And so that's probably the best way to contact us about what you guys need. Well, I appreciate you, you know, being so willing to come on here, chat with us, you know, do this episode. I think it's really important, you know, what you're talking about and what you said today. And, uh, it was, yeah, it gave me a lot to think about and, uh, it definitely helps with you know, what, what we do on the podcast and the things that we're covering is, is to be able to bring these stories out there to you know, our audience so that, uh, if people are thinking about it and we, we take action and we get involved and we network with each other. So it was a great episode. It was really fun to chat with you. And like I said, I appreciate your time today and, and telling your story. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on. It was great. And, uh, Hopefully we can make this stuff work and stick together and fight it. So appreciate it. Appreciate it a lot for having me on here. Don't forget diesel fans, make sure and head on over to WCFab.com. Check out products they have for your truck. And if you're a shop owner out there, want to stock their product or somebody asks you about them, go to turn14.com. You can check out the complete lineup of Whirly custom fabrication parts that they have. And if you're not signed up with them, they make it incredibly easy. Just follow the instructions on their site. They'll get you taken care of. Also for our, truck enthusiasts out there make sure to jump on our discord there'll be a link down below and if you want to hear episodes first you want your truck to be our cover for a month if you want exclusive episodes that we're not releasing on youtube or podcast apps you can get those by going to our patreon again there's a link down below or you can go to our instagram page which is the diesel podcast there's a link in our bio it'll take you right there wanted to give a special shout out to rights diesel services and texas diesel supply as well as uh, as our gold patreon members and until next time Keep the shiny side up.